Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. So Caroline, for our science topic today, uh, we've got some very interesting creatures that are going to space that you're going to be talking about. Uh, so this was uh, these were launched on the SpaceX CRS-22 mission. So this was a, a cargo resupply mission to the International Space Station. There's some really interesting facts about this uh, launch as well, though. I just want to mention very quickly. The Dragon module is using some recycled parts from the Demo-2 mission, which was yeah. where they, they sent um, two astronauts um, into to the International Space Station as a demo of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. So I think the heat shield is being reused and a few other components, which is really very, cool. Very, cool. Yes, I love that. Um, but uh, just for the sake of talking about the science experiments that are going up in this uh, latest um, launch, because you're going to be talking about uh, one of them or two of them in particular, uh, but the experiments, um, I'm just reading from Wikipedia here, but mm-hmm. the experiments arrive at the orbiting lab um, support science from human health and high-powered computing and they utilize the space station as a proving ground for new technologies so here are some cool ones that are uh, that are part of the um the of what's being sent up there they're going to develop uh, better pharmaceuticals and therapies for treating kidneys uh, kidney disease on earth they're using cotton root systems to identify varieties of plants that require less water and pesticides and they're going to be testing a new portable ultrasound technology in microgravity which is really cool. One other thing that um, that I thought was really interesting, just because my wife is from Mauritius, uh, Mauritius is uh, sending up its first Cube satellite, which is uh, which they won a competition um, through the Japanese Space Agency, which is one of my favorite space agencies yeah. at the moment. <laughs> um, and uh, so this Cube satellite is a very small satellite, um, which uh, is part of the payload. It will actually go to the space station. It'll be prepared. And then it will be launched from the space station's new CubeSat launcher, which is really ah, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Very good. But Caroline, I know that you're, uh, there are two uh, experiments that you're very interested in, and they are these. One will study the bobtail squid as a model to examine the effects of spaceflight on interactions between beneficial microbes, microbes and their animal hosts. And a second study will examine tardigrades, Star Trek, <laughs> um, the, their adaption to the harsh environment of space which could uh, contribute to long-term problem-solving for vaccine production, distribution, and storage on Earth. So, Caroline, tell us about bobtail squids and tardigrades. What are they? Okay. So, they're sending 5,000 of these tardigrades and 128 baby bobtail squid into space. Lucky them. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I thought I'd, you know, talk about why would you be sending these kind of little animals to space? What what's the you know why are they fascinating why why um you know what kind of thing would you discover from sending these kind of creatures to space? So first of all, I just want to make it very clear: the tardigrades are not going up to do anything to do with any mycelial networks. Okay, uh, it's nothing <laughs> to do with discovery. <laughs> and and uh, just to clarify, they're microscopic creatures; they're not human size or life size they're like we've seen in yeah. That's right. Still a very so, cool concept, though. <laughs> yes. So, you know, tardigrades and the bobtail squid in themselves are very interesting. So I thought I'll talk to you about them now. So 
let's go with the tardigrades first, all right? So they're actually about... A thousand different species of tardigrades. I didn't know that, but <laughs> now I, didn't know I know. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're commonly called um, water bears or moss piglets. They are <laughs> tiny. They're almost microscopic. They've got like eight little legs and from four to eight claws on each leg. They've got a cute little head and they've got kind of like a little snout with a mouth on it. <laughs> and they look um, a bit like a caterpillar. You can you can kind of imagine they look like. A, Sort of like a little caterpillar with cute little legs on them. They range from about 0.5 millimetres to 1.2 um, millimetres long. So you'll probably see them with a microscope. And now I'm looking at my pot plant over there with moss in them. I might get my microscope out and see if I can actually find yes. any. Yes, um, Yeah. They live in wet environments such as sediment in the lake or in uh, moss or in other wet environments. Their food, they suck juices from mosses and lichens and um, algae. Some are carnivorous and some are also cannibalistic. So, um, yeah, it depends what kind of food they like to eat, other food or other friends. <laughs> they, <laughs> so when they invite they, someone over to dinner, you have to be, like, look at that invitation be very, very clear carefully. Of, yeah, yeah, very clear. They can actually live in a range of temperatures and situations. Research previously done on tardigrades show that they can survive in environments from between negative two thousand, sorry, two hundred. That would be amazing. Two hundred degrees <laughs> Celsius, which is three hundred twenty-eight Fahrenheit, and up to one hundred forty-nine degrees Celsius or three hundred degrees degrees Fahrenheit. They can survive radiation, boiling. They can survive six times the amount of pressure in the mm. deepest ocean. And they can even survive the vacuum of space. So this is not the first time they've actually been to space. <laughs> a study in 2008 published in uh, Current Biology found that they could survive in low Earth orbit for up to 10 days with being fully exposed. Wow. So that is amazing. Now, the reason for this is that tardigrades can go through a process called cryptobiosis which is when their metabolic activity is reduced to 0.01 of normal levels. So they're just going to live really slowly, you know, just yeah. kind of hardly, hardly alive, but still alive. Their organs are actually protected by a sugary gel called trehalose, and they can produce a large amount of antioxidants, which protects their organs, and a protein that actually protects their DNA from damage. So, you know, they've got it set. You can kind of start to see why we'd want to study these further in space. They're kind of the perfect little you know, creature that is really able to protect itself in extreme environments. They really are amazing. They're very hardy little creatures, aren't very, they? Very, very hardy creatures. Yeah. When in freezing temperatures, they're actually able to form themselves into something called a ton. So it's just like a little, they just kind of squeeze themselves into a little ball type thing. And um, this is to prevent ice crystals from forming and then da damaging their cells. Yeah. They're able to dry out. So they dry out and they can appear like they're dead, but they're actually still alive, you know, just, just living in a form of stasis. In 2016, two tons in cryptobiosis, which had been in that state for 30 years, were actually able to be revived. Wow. So... Yeah, you can you can see why. Yeah, these are amazing creatures. I mean, I think the tardigrade is pretty much everybody's favorite little biological, yes. you know, organism. It, you know, once you learn about them, 
they're just, you know, the thing. <laughs> I remember learning about them too in biology. I just thought they were amazing. Just to repeat that for me. So they survived for 30 years in that, that stasis. They and did. Then just came, well, that's amazing, yeah. You just add water. Just add water. <laughs> whatever the right conditions yeah. would be. And, um, yeah, they come alive again. And this did happen in Star Trek Discovery as well. There, uh, there was an episode where they, they'd used it too much to travel the mycelial network and it just... Uh, yeah, it just yeah, collapsed it into itself and, and minimized its life signs. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably the environment got too harsh. Yeah, and it yeah. decided to protect itself. Which okay, one factor is correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah, so then there's the bobtail squid, which mm. are equally fascinating creatures. So the bobtail squid belong to a group of animal animals called cephalopods. These are related to cuttlefish. They're a little bit different. They have a different mantle, which is part of the squid. They have eight suckered arms and they have two tentacles. They're very, very small. That's why you're able to send so many of them up there because, you know, you don't have, you imagine, you know, when you think squid, you think these big squid. No, they're not sending that <laughs> the yeah. very big squid. I'm just curious about ones. that because I'm just Googling pictures of them right now. Yeah, yeah they are actually quite small. Cute. Very, very yeah. cute. <laughs> They're very small, one to one to eight centimeters in size. Yep. On Earth, they live in coastal waters in the Pacific Ocean, parts of the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and the west coast of the Cape Peninsula of South Africa. The cool thing about these bobtail squid is that they have a symbiotic relationship with bioluminescent bacteria called Alivibro fischeri. So what happens is these bacteria actually glow. So they're a glowing kind of bacteria. And who doesn't love a glowing fish? Absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so and what happens is these bacteria inhabit a light organ that the on the squid's mantle. The bacteria, they provide a way for the squid to camouflage themselves, which is a method of counter-illumination, which means that the bacteria provide light to match the background and brightness and wavelength of the environment of the squid. So it can camouflage itself in that way, you know. So instead of like trying to, you know, hide, it just kind of looks like its environment using these bacteria. Now think about that. How does that even happen? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, and in turn, the squid provides the bacteria sugars and amino acids. So the symbiotic relationship means that one organism provides a benefit to the other and vice versa, that the host organism will provide a benefit to the other organism. So, yes, yeah, so why are we sending these tardigrades and bobtail squids to space? So, as I mentioned before, tardigrades have been to space before, a few, uh, about three, three other times to study them in various ways. And, you know, that's how we found out these amazing um, facts about them. So, in this mission, they're being sent to the International Space Station because they're a great biological model to study survival under extreme conditions on Earth. What they're actually doing is studying the gene expression, which is which can be affected by different environmental conditions. So they have actually sequenced their genome. They know kind of how it works. They want to see how space affects their gene expression in space. And what they're saying here is that the results could advance understanding of the stress factors affecting humans in space and support development of countermeasures. 
Space flight can be a really challenging environment for organisms, including humans, who have evolved to the conditions on Earth, says the principal investigator Thomas Boothby. One of the things we are really keen to do is understand how tardigrades are surviving and reproducing in these environments and whether we can learn anything about the tricks they are using and adapt them to safeguard astronauts. Isn't that interesting? That so, is fascinating. Yeah, considering there's all this talk about going to Mars, it's, it's quite serious as well. There's, exactly. Um, it's not fantasy. It's, it's something that will happen. And That's even just right. establishing life uh, on the moon as well, like um, um, what is it, moon bases and things like that. These are all mm-hmm. things that are being planned by NASA. Exactly. And, yeah. and these are all extreme environments that we don't experience here on Earth, not mm. as extreme as in space. And, um, you know, think about can we protect our DNA? How do the tardigrades do it? Can we do that? Can we protect from radiation? That is a pretty important thing in space because you are exposed to a ton of radiation. Like on Earth, we obviously we're, we are protected, mm. but uh, in space there's no protection from any of the radiation, um, protecting yourselves, your cells from freezing, um, you know, all of that, protecting your organs, you know, all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it, what they're really doing is using it as an animal model to maybe extrapolate to um, how we can use this in humans. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. No, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I can't it's wait to hear cool. what the results of this, uh, um, of this yeah. will be. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And then um, with the bobtail squid, this is actually their first time in space, so I hope they have a lovely time. (laughs) Bon voyage, squids. (laughs) That's it. Enjoy. Yes. So in this mission, they're being sent over to the ISS to see how the effects of space flight on the molecular and chemical interactions between the bacteria and the squid itself can be studied. All animals, including humans, rely on bacteria for a healthy immune and digestive system and probably other systems that we don't know about. So like we all know that we have bacteria in our gut and we're Mm -hmm. always talking about having a healthy bacteria, having a healthy gut biome, you know, and Mm -hmm. the bacteria produce nice chemicals for us, for our brain, for our body, for everything, um, just for immune function, for all sorts of things. Eat so yogurt, they, people. Eat your yogurt. <laughs> definitely eat your yogurt. <laughs> and they want to kind of study how this symbiosis can be affected in space. So uh, if the if the bacteria are damaged, how does that affect the squid? If the squid's damaged, how does it affect the functioning of the bacteria? You know, that kind of thing. So, and what they're saying here is that the bobtail squid is an animal model that is used to study symbiotic relationships between two species. This investigation helps determine whether spaceflight alters the mutually beneficial relationship, which could support development of protective measures and mitigate to preserve astronaut health on long-duration space missions. The work could also lead to a better understanding of the complex interactions between animals and beneficial microbes, including new and novel pathways that microbes use to communicate with animal tissues. Such knowledge could help identify ways to protect and enhance these relationships for better human health and well-being on Earth as well. So not just benefits in space, but how can we study and learn more about the interaction between our bacteria and us and how can we maybe improve health using the bacteria. Um, and this is an ongoing thing. Um, I know there's a lot of study with, you know, bacteria, different gut bacteria and different people yep. and, you know, that kind of thing. So this is interesting because they're doing that kind of study in space. So 
Very, very cool. Very cool. Um, those astronauts are going to be very busy, but I think they're going to have tons of fun with these little creatures. Yeah. Can I say what I watched? So I watched a replay of the launch because it was, a you know, for in our time zone, mm. it was at like three o'clock in the morning, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but they were, they had pre-recorded videos of the astronauts talking about expecting this resupply mission and they were nerding out about the tardigrades like you wouldn't oh, believe. They yes. were very excited about that I work would they were be going too. to be doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, Yeah. I mean, yeah, how fun. <laughs> Doing science in space on tardigrades. I, I mean, that's, you know, that <laughs> doesn't get much better than that, does it? That's really no, awesome. No, not at all. I think everybody would be like, I want to do the tardigrade experiment. Like, no, yeah. I want to do the tardigrade. You yeah. get the, the <laughs> other thing, yeah. the cotton. <laughs> I'm sure you, you the cotton, cotton one's one, very, yeah. <laughs> is very exciting too, but yeah. <laughs> you do that lesser cotton one over there, I'll do the tardigrades. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just both do it together. I'm sure yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> uh, on the cotton one, I did watch an interview with, uh, with the guy who came up with the device that's they're going to grow cotton up to because the cotton plants will be quite big they're not growing mm. the full size plant it's only going to be centimeters but the um measuring of, of how it grows in space um and the way it uses water and the way it use, uses nutrients is um uh, vital research because they're trying to work out which species of cotton uses the least amount of water and most efficiently requires the least amount of um of extra nutritional like supplement and things like that so they're Trying to work mm-hmm. out the the best supply that uses the le- least amount of resources to conserve um, and have sustainable crops of cotton because they can be quite heavy on their water usage. So, yeah. and this guy was really excited about. I mean, like you know, again, this is someone who's really excited about his science going to the space station and what he'll learn oh, from yes. it. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's one thing to be excited about your project, but then to have it sent to space that would yes. be like double ex- exciting. Yeah. yeah. And and that would have really good applications, you know, our, our environment. We use up a lot of land, we use up a lot of water, and mm. it'd be great to see if we can conserve, you know, water and, you know, preserve our land a little bit better as well. So, yeah, so congratulations to everyone who has experiments going up to the space station, yeah. including, again, uh, the, the Mauritians. Um, this is their first satellite, I was mentioning before, their first CubeSat ever, so their first um, journey to space, so... Uh, everyone, um, everyone who's having a go at this and, and who, who got a, a ride on this flight, congratulations. <laughs> yes, very cool. Uh, Lindsay, we got a piece of feedback from one of our episodes recently. Yes, we did. Yep. And it was episode, um, where are we? <laughs> 56. <laughs> it was called Wells and Warp. And yep, so this is from the Catholics of Oz, uh, our other show, yeah, where we yes. mentioned well, yeah, uh, Warp Drive. That's yep. right. So Heather E. Bass on Twitter gave us this feedback saying, uh, this would give me goosebumps. This is regarding talking about uh, warp drives. Yep. But med- but another article stole that thunder many years ago when it proved without a doubt that all our best ideas in STEM were first in science fiction novels, short stories. And then she puts a quote here, if you can see it, then you can do it. Blessed are those who encourage. And I would wholeheartedly kind of agree with that. I yes. mean, don't we, yeah, how many, um, you know, science fiction shows do we love because they have such great ideas that we've never thought of yet and we want to have that kind of technology and, you know, a few things have come from those shows, um, yep. you know. I, I, and Yeah, I was going to say I love that the uh, the flip phone came from the Star Trek communicator, which is so cool. And, <laughs> yes. and the flip phone disappeared, I guess, with, um, with you know, our little tablet-sized phones and everything. However, um, there is talk about – actually, I've, I've seen one. You know, have you got the uh, be- um, bendable screens so the, or the yes. foldable screens? So I think it was Samsung that did put out a flip phone with a foldable screen. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a full-size mobile phone, but yes. it flips as well, which is really awesome. So oh, yeah. uh, all of these things have, some of these things at least have their foundation in sci-fi, which is really cool. 
It is cool. I mean, these authors have quite, you know, amazing imaginations. And then the scientists, they get inspired and use their imaginations as well to see how can they actually make this happen. And some things like warp drive are a little bit harder than, you know, flip phones. But I mean, you know, it's always a a great prompter and a great um, encourager to, to do it. So, yeah, I agree. Thank you for that feedback. And yeah, any other feedback? We'd love to hear what you think of our episode today on um, tardigrades and bobtail squid. And yeah. <laughs> yes, will tardigrades be navigating my cellular networks for us? Only time will tell. <laughs> well, yeah. who knows? Who knows? They may come up with that later and we'll be able to have, you know, don't worry about warp drive. We'll have tardigrade drive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got the, that instead. <laughs> the mycelial yeah. network. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for that feedback from um, Heather. And um, and yes, if you have any other ideas for things that you'd like Caroline to research, be kind. She, you know, takes a lot of time, but you know, <laughs> that you'd, you'd like her to talk about on the show, we'd love to hear it. Um, but Caroline, thank you as well for sharing with us some really interesting things about bobtail squids and tardigrades. Thank you. It was really fun. Thank you. Let Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue Let Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. <laughs>